Welcome to the Fika with Friends podcast. I'm your host, Tasmin Lofthouse, and I'm a freelance copywriter, content marketer, and your business best friend. Just like the Swedish tradition of Fika, the Fika with Friends podcast is your chance to step away from work and be present in the moment as you find clarity, purpose, and success for the future. So pop the kettle on and enjoy some cake as we chat about all the ways you can grow and shine in every avenue of life as a business owner, entrepreneur or leader. Hello everyone and welcome back to Fika with Friends. Today I'm joined by Seals Lockley, who is the founder of Fiercely Freelance. Seals is a business mentor, offer strategist and all-round badass when it comes to cheerleading for other freelancers. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Seals today and I just know that she's going to have plenty of nuggets of wisdom to share with you all so seals hi welcome to the podcast hello hello. this is very strange i i just yeah this is very very new and exciting thank you for being my first podcast interview that i've done i didn't know that that is exciting because you're normally on the other side of the podcast seat so to speak aren't you yes yeah so this is this is this is exciting this is fun I'm, I'm very comfortable because I do this all the time like I always have my headphones on talking into a mic but not been interviewed like this before this is this is great yeah let's do this oh I like that and I kind of like that we've kind of exchanged podcasts first oh, as yeah. well <laughs> we have. I spoke on Seal's podcast um gosh a couple of months ago maybe and that was my first experience on someone else's podcast and the tables have now turned yeah well thank you for having me on it's great to be here yeah I'm really excited to chat to you and to get into things so I guess the best place to start would be at the very beginning and kind of looking at what it is that you do so what's the lowdown on your day job so to speak Yeah, so my day job is I'm a business mentor and office strategist for freelancers. I mainly work with freelance women um, and the office strategist kind of side of things. Most people know what mentoring is, but um, more in recently in the last six months, I've been just really niching into this side of strategy, business strategy um, with clients and have built, you know, a, a sort of process and a system that helps people to really define their service in a very uh, clear and um, easy way for them to sell. Because I think one of the biggest challenges for freelancers is figuring out what they're offering, what they're selling, how much to charge, what's included, how to make a profit on it, how to make it fit in with their schedule. So I kind of bring all of those pieces together in my role. And I really like to combine not just, um, you know, mentoring in a traditional sense is where you're guiding somebody using your experience but I really bring in sort of like a crossover between mentoring a bit of tiny bit of coaching and then also that strategy so I don't just ask questions and get people to figure it out I also help them with the doing and like you know giving direction which I think some people are scared to do but I'm like hey you can take my advice if you want or you don't have to yeah amazing I think that's so valuable as well because you can be told how to do things and you can find the answers to questions but sometimes you just need that nudge to actually do it Um, and something else is in regards to all those questions that you help people unpick I think no matter what stage you're at in freelancing there are always more questions to answer like (laughs) 
you'll like start and you'll have build like how do I start freelancing what do I charge how do I get my first client and then you're a couple of months in you've got all that stuff nailed and the next thing you know you're like oh wait what are all these new questions now what do I do yeah and that's it I mean none of this stuff comes with a manual so my clients will come to me you know they'll either be brand new and they'll be like okay how do I even just get get out there and then there'll also be people come to me you know three five years in who are really doing very well and have a great business but they have absolutely no strategy and they need that kind of foundation put in place so that they can then grow again so it's a really interesting role and um, I kind of sum it up as you know, if, if I'm talking about a transformational um, process uh, summed up, it's taking women in freelance business uh, service provider space from kind of a feeling of foggy to fuck yeah, I'm allowed to swear yeah. on here. Yes, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> All about showing up as yourself. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I know as well, you've also, you haven't just gone into mentorship, you've got that experience as a freelancer as well. Um I just wonder if you want to touch on that a little bit and tell us about mm. your journey from freelancing to starting an agency to move into mentorship. I know we've had kind of similar background in the sense that we both tried the agency life, both went, whoa, this isn't for me. So I thought it'd be really nice to kind of hear your experience and that journey between those different stages. Yeah, so um, I, I've i been in marketing for a very, very long time, um, two decades, actually, which is pretty horrendous uh, when you think about it. Um, but my first kind of foray into freelancing was um, in 2010. So I was working in a marketing agency. I was online online marketing manager and I hated it. I was like, it was very like very guy focused the company and there was no progression and I was like fuck this I'm going to be a freelancer I didn't know what I was doing but you know my parents are both self-employed and always have been and so I kind of saw going self-employed as, as kind of okay like I I had good role models in that sense and I thought well I can make it work and they can make it work so just do it so I started freelancing um doing digital kind of consulting and I was doing all sorts of stuff. Um, I didn't really know that many other freelancers. Maybe I had like one or two contacts who were. And then um, I did that for a few years. I, I actually set, I set up a company. I was, I was at one point I was running three businesses, which I don't recommend. Burnout Central. <laughs> Absolutely. So after three years, I have basically, in hindsight, isn't hindsight brilliant, but I basically spent three years undercharging, overworking, over-delivering, people-pleasing, like doing all the things that I help my clients avoid and uh, ended up burnt out, disillusioned, fed up, thought freelancing was shit and then went back to agency life. So then I went to work in um, London and worked in agencies, in social media agencies for like eight years. Got loads of great experience. And then my freelance journey kind of picked up again I was still doing bits in the background but I picked it up again after I had a baby so that was four years ago and um I will I, I will say it was actually it was four years ago but she's nearly five because I I had a year off I took my maternity leave it was blissful Amazing. Um, and something that I think I mean a conversation itself is quite rare and quite scary for a lot of freelancers is navigating that maternity leave yes yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate that I had um, 
you know, I'd been in a job where I got a little bit of maternity sort of cover. It wasn't much. It wasn't like what you get in like the NHS or anything, but um, it it kind of saw me through and I'd, I'd had a really good job. So by the time I got onto maternity leave, I had some savings and I could really enjoy it and take that time out. So I think if you're a freelancer and you're taking maternity leave and you're in the UK, the good news is that most other people in job in employed jobs aren't really getting much of a better deal than you just as a comfort really that's a comfort comfort to take from it because unless you're in a public sector job you don't usually get very good maternity cover so you'll just get the statutory which is like i don't know it was about 700 pounds a month i'm not sure what it is now yeah i think it's not changed too much i know i've spoken to a lot of people who also say they probably prefer freelancing during that maternity period because it gives them that freedom and that flexibility and that control rather than kind of relying on an employer or statutory. Yeah. It's it's unique for every individual, isn't it? What I found was when I, I had this and and every mother will, will relate to this when you have a child and particularly if you've been working in a high pressure job, you've been in a, a, an employed job for a long time. You've got an identity around that. When you become a mum and you leave your job to go on maternity leave, you have a complete identity crisis. Um, you you kind of like you just don't know who you are anymore, and it's it's really nobody ever fucking talks about this, but it's so it's actually so crippling, and you find that you don't know where you fit in anymore in the workplace, and so. I remember thinking, I don't, I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go back to the agency because I actually was, I was there for a very long time, like five years. And I had like a whole family of, you know, friends and and people there that I really cared about and worked with, you know, day in, day out. But I just thought, I, I don't want to put a baby in that situation. Like it doesn't, it doesn't compute. And I realized that I needed to create my own, yeah, create my own sort of work style whatever that may be and as you say freelancing then gives you that flexibility to start small and build up as your baby grows and you get more time and they nap a bit more and they're a bit more chilled hopefully um and then you can you know get into childcare and all the rest of it yeah absolutely um that is quite a pivotal point to be in isn't it where you get that space away from your job and you realize i mean we spend so much of our lives working that it does consume you, it does kind of really overtake your personality, who you are, and it shapes your entire being, that once you've got that space, you can kind of look at things with clarity and be like, is this what I actually want? Mm. And I guess for you, the beauty there was that you had already done freelance and you knew that you had this other avenue to go down and this new direction that you could explore and dive into more. So then when you went from freelancing and kind of doing the work yourself, doing the marketing to mentoring other business owners and freelancers. How did that feel for you? How did like your business change during that period? Yeah, so I've kind of, I've forgotten to mention what sort of happened in the interim between sort of then and now in the last four years. So much happens. (laughs) Oh my God, so much. So like I I got it back into freelancing. I set up as my sort of self again, like sort of digital consulting, wasn't really sure what I was doing. I was doing a bit of writing, doing a bit of brand strategy. I was doing a bit more kind of, I would say more brand stuff than I'd done before. But um, the, the big thing I wanted to do and, and felt compelled to do and thought I wanted was um, I wanted to set up an agency. So I um, 
uh, joined a mastermind for digital agency owners. And this was just right at the beginning of 2020 um, and, you know, and then went ahead and um, set up an agency. And the agency was me, uh, obviously, but I also then hired other freelancers to help me run uh, run the show. And um, I was determined to make this, you know, they make this agency, um, you know, a, pro- a proper real deal. You know, I set up a limited company, registered with VAT, you know, like made sure I was like primed and ready to work with big clients. And we did work with big clients and we, we got some great projects in. But um, as we discussed on on my podcast, the agency life just wasn't it just wasn't for me. And um, it's not all rainbows and glitter, is it? (laughs) The thing is, I think if I had been back in, you know, 2010 doing that and just doing that and not trying to do three different businesses and, you know, charging shit money and all the rest of it. If I'd just done that in my 20s, I would have absolutely smashed it. The problem being is when you set up an agency, unless you have a phenomenal amount of energy, childcare, cash lying around, it's it's a it's the kind of business that demands so much from you that having a baby in the background is just not necessarily the best combo. And I just reached a point where I was like, I'm not actually living the lifestyle I want. I was working so much. Every nap time, I was like grabbing time, like quick, do some work. And I was working evenings and I was exhausted. And I just thought, I cannot continue like this. This is not sustainable. You know, the only it was only going to get worse as I got more clients and I got more work. And, you know, I was, I was delegating stuff out. So I was having to manage a team. I was having to brief them every day. I was having to check their work and do just do all the things and also raise a baby. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, I decided to um, pull the plug on it and it was, it was terrifying. As well as terrifying. Was it also relieving though? Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was the summer of 2021 and I was having a bit of a 2021 was like a bit of a weird year where I just sort of had like a massive sort of who the fuck am I? What am I doing with my life? Like, I think I can relate. Maybe it was 2021 or maybe we were just on the same journey at the same time, but I definitely had that same 2021 feel. (laughs) I wonder if it was like a post-pandemic, like existential crisis. I don't know. But I I remember feeling like I needed to burn it to the ground. I needed to get rid of it. And I've been working with a coach who really helped me recognize that and help me have the like give me gave me the confidence to step away and to know that if I did it it wouldn't be the end of my life <laughs> like it would be okay I wouldn't I don't know it wouldn't be like professional suicide yeah I think the thing is we put these things on a pedestal don't we like mm-hmm. you've got this mastermind you were sold the agency as being the dream the answer to everything the way to grow your business and externally to other people perhaps it looked that way perhaps they were like sales is doing amazing the agency's thriving and on the inside for you I mean I'm assuming here just from my own experience there's this really deep contrast between the success you're achieving and how you actually feel and I know when I kind of was building the agency up which I quickly built and then quickly burnt down because I realized I didn't want to do it it was this clash between okay agency that's how I grow that's how I make my money and then going but to what cost like I'm burning myself out I'm having to manage people which I don't necessarily want to do and what's the cost of that like 
your nap times are spent hustling for every single second you can at work yeah it, it was too much and I think the irony is that I'd gone from working a very you know intense you know high high powered I was, I was a senior account director in a social media agency with like global clients so the pressure on me was immense and I just never felt relaxed and then I was basically replicating that role in my own business I was creating and it's and it's interesting that we do this and I, I'm kind of fascinated by the by the psychology behind it because it makes sense if you're conditioned to do something even if you don't enjoy it you'll probably replicate that in another way if you don't have it anymore you'll be like well this is what I know so I need to be busy I need to be under pressure I need to have loads of clients I need to feel stressed I need to give myself loads of deadlines I need to have this hustle because otherwise I'm not worthy or I'm not doing things right and this coach I worked with was phenomenal in helping me realize that oh my gosh there's another way there is another way you can do things and she helped me realize that what I actually wanted to do was move into more of a strategic mentorship mentorship mentoring role that hustle culture and grind till you die mentality it's exhausting and it fills you with so much guilt that the second that you go wait there is a different way I can do this you've still got to overcome that challenge of am I allowed to do this are people going to judge me doing it this way and you feel guilty and there's that moment where you're kind of going I can take them slower today but in the back of your head you're like yeah, but what about those emails you could do those now or you could do this task or you could tick that off um, there's a lot of relearning that goes on um, so how did you deal with that part of kind of stepping away from how you think you should be running your business to running it in a way that actually aligns with what brings you joy and what you enjoy in your business? Well, I, I did quite a lot of, um, I guess, soul searching around, you know, what I really need as a person from my business. Oh, sorry, my stomach's rumbling. I totally forgot to have dinner. Um, that, that's being a mother for you. I've given her dinner and I haven't fed myself. Well done, Seals. Yeah, so I think I, I, I always felt like there was something... I needed to change and I wasn't really sure what it was and my coach at the time really helped me recognize that I had to start with me and you know actually there's no point running a business if you don't take your own needs into account and my philosophy now is that you you actually can't build a sustainable long-term business if you don't build your business around what you want so I kind of stripped everything back and thought well actually a, I want to spend as much time as possible in a stress-free state. I don't want to be running around stressing about deadlines. I don't want to be taking on too much work. I don't want to be feeling like my my rates aren't quite as much as I want to charge, but I'm, you know, so so like trying to fix all those those painful experiences one by one. And this took, you know, this process took about, you know, a year to really sort of you know, unravel all of that. And, and then, and then it all started to sort of like fall into place. And it's, it's very strange how I sort of went from, okay, I've got an agency and I'm an agency owner and I'm going to do that. And then I sort of started to dabble with this idea of like building community and being a bit more about kind of growth and development and like people and like more of a mentoring role, but it was quite gentle. I didn't like just jump straight over yeah. 
and then I had this like really bizarre sort of it was like a it was literally like an epiphany which I don't <laughs> believe in like epiphanies I'm not you know particularly spiritual but I was like one day I just I was like I need to just I need to just make this thing happen and I'd been thinking about starting a podcast and putting it off and procrastinating and I decided that I kind of decided on the name and I was like why don't I just rebrand my whole business and just start this business and do like the podcast and everything all at the same time I love that and yeah and then and then I and then I did and I I just literally like one day I like made all the branding like one evening in like a kind of crazed state I was like I'm just gonna do it and then I remember just like pushing it out there and being like oh it's done <laughs> sometimes it's the best thing you can do like don't overthink it and just mm. get it out into the world and see what happens off the back of it yeah it was just really bizarre because I didn't have any expectations and the reception of it was so positive and yeah it just really kind of g'd me on to go okay this is what I need to do yeah it's really freeing when you do take that pressure off and you just go fuck it what's the what's the worst that can happen I'm just going to put it out into the world it's quite liberating um, but I also like how you touched on the other side where when you were making this change and you were like changing your rates changing your services that you weren't rushing to do all that at once like there are different ways you can run your business you can take that slow approach where you change things mm. bit by bit and slowly transition or you can just rip the band-aid off put a full stop on everything you've done before and start fresh and completely re reinvent yourself yeah I think I I think my journey has been quite gradual with with this um this pivot you know it's uh it's been sort of like 15 15 months maybe and I would say only now is it all starting to fall into place because the first six months you're like oh this is new this is exciting but what the hell am I doing and who is my client and you know where do I fit into the big the big picture and you know it takes a long time like I think a lot of people think you could just start a business and clients are just going to turn up and you know that whole you know if they build if you build it they will come it's not true like you have to keep going and if you're not getting any sales it's because you're you just need to keep going um one day if you repeat yourself enough somebody will buy from you and I remember getting my first mentoring client last year in April 2022 and obviously I kicked off the business in September 2021 so it took yeah took a while to get that first client in and you know to actually bring out that sort of first proper offer have the confidence to go hey I am actually a mentor and I can offer this you know program or whatever so yeah it takes time yeah would you say there's a lot of vulnerability there as well because rather than building the business you thought you should build the agency you've actually stepped into a role where you're going okay no I'm building something that I want to build and I'm often service that I genuinely believe in and I'm passionate about would you say there's a lot of vulnerability in that as well yeah oh my goodness like when I think back to what I thought I should be doing as an agency owner and the kind of office I should be putting out there it just makes it literally makes my skin crawl I'm like I can't believe that that was what I felt I had to do it makes me sad I'm just like you know you're not going to get the reward from your work if you don't lean into what you enjoy and you know I have this kind of mantra which is if it doesn't feel good don't fucking do it like yeah love that you know you've got to enjoy your work every single day and I help clients really focus on their zone of genius and 
tap into exactly what their skills, specialisms, um, you know, experience lends to to the best, you know, almost like the value that they can then offer. It's like, you know, if we were to take your but the best of your skills, the best of your experience, the best of your specialisms and turn it into a really high value offer. What is that thing? That's what we really drill down to. And I feel like I did that. I've done that for myself so I can teach it to others. And that has been a very iterative process. And I'd love to talk about the fact that when I started um, Fissy Freelance, I spent about, about six months, maybe nine months playing with different types of offers. I didn't just, you know, like if you were to go and look at my offers now, that's not what I, what I came out with first off the bat. Like <laughs> I was doing all sorts of random things. I think that playing with offers, exploring, seeing what works is so valuable. And again, it comes down to that over-engineering and that thinking you have to get it perfect, where people will try and launch the perfect, their winning service from the get-go rather than just going well, let's try it like this and then mm. let's tweak it and let's make it fit more how we'd want to offer it or fit where our zone of genius lies. Um, so if you could kind of give people one piece of advice for tapping into that zone of genius, what would you say? So I think you have to be really sure about your own abilities. You can't, you don't necessarily know. Some people are like, oh, I'm good at writing or like I've got loads of experience in I don't know, SEO. But it's almost like an exercise in getting to know yourself to really discover your specialism. And your zone of genius exists in the place where you're doing something you're really good at, you're very fast in, you don't it you don't find it hard like it's it just and you they call it like the flow state but basically when you're doing it it doesn't feel like for, for me it doesn't feel like work you know like when I'm in that kind of state of like okay I'm doing the thing that I'm best at and that's the best way to describe it so in order to find that you cannot find that unless you practice unless you really like we said, you play with different things and you and you go on a journey of discovery and you find out what you're good at and you find out what you're bad at. You know, a lot of our work, our his, work history is finding out what we're really fucking bad at. And like, don't don't do that again, Celia, because that you will you are never going to excel in that in like whatever Facebook ads like, no, that's not for me. Yeah. I think an, an important point to make here is that that finding out what you're bad at and learning not to do it happens multiple times like you don't learn it once and then you're like okay never gonna do that again you do it about 16 20 100 times and then you finally go yeah I really need to stop doing that like it's not bringing me joy I don't like it <laughs> absolutely yeah you make you we make mistakes more than once um and also I think you're going to only know what you really enjoy and what you're really good at when you have been through the shit like yeah. there is no such thing starting a business having a load of offers and then everything being hunky-dory and birds tweeting and rainbows and unicorns flying around because the reality is you're going to put your first offer you're going to put out there is going to be shit and nobody's going to buy it and you're going to go oh I'm really not very good at this freelancing thing or like I'm not very good at this you know this business thing and then you're going to tweak it and then maybe somebody is going to buy it and then you're going to deliver it and then you're going to go, oh, 
it's a bit shit actually oh and then they're going to complain and you're going to be like oh well I better improve it and so there's this very iterative ongoing mistake laden absolutely unperfect imperfect messy action that has to happen in in order for you to find what you're good at and we need to embrace that we need to embrace that messy action oh yes definitely always always. so I think when it comes to your business and the way that you do show up obviously like you said you've had all these different offerings you've tweaked your services you've pivoted your business and your niche down into this offer strategist role because you're realizing that is your zone of genius despite all that I think if one thing's remained constant, it's your personality. You've always shown up as SEALs. You can go to your Instagram, you can listen to your podcast, you can go to your website and you'll instantly get that connection with who you are and your personality just shines through in everything that you do and all the ways you show up. For myself and for other freelancers and business owners I speak to, it's really easy to lose connection with who you are when you're running your business. And that's happened to me a lot. And that's when you go down this path of launching things that you don't feel aligned with, or like you said, running Facebook ads when you know actually you're really shit at Facebook ads or you really hate doing them, but you're just doing them anyway. What can people do or what did you do even to bring more of yourself into your business and to make sure that you do show up as SEALs and you don't just show up as another business mentor or another marketing agency? Well, thank you for saying such lovely <laughs> things. First of all, that's very really, welcome. <laughs> really, really sweet of you. And I think, um, I think it's a few things. So, first of all, when I was running the agency, I felt like I needed to be, you know, a company, and I needed to talk about myself in terms of, you know, the company. As in, we we do this, we do that. I mean, even I've literally just, <laughs> I've just cancelled the domain name. It was like we are whatever, and you're like oh why did I do that because it wasn't me like it was this kind of other entity that was trying to create a brand upon but the thing about branding and I you know this is like a whole other podcast episode but the thing about branding is in the online business space and I say this like till I'm blue in the face but it's about people it's about people buying from people so if you're not like showing who you are then the trust isn't there and the connection will be completely barren. Nine times out of 10, that's why people can't sell anything because they're trying to be um, too professional or too official or, you know, marketing-y. So my, my advice is to basically fuck all the rules, like just chuck them all out the window. And I think what I did was I said to myself, right, if I could just be a version of me online and talk about what I know and my experiences and what I would say to other people who've been on this path, what would that be? And I think it helps that I have, you know, I have a, like a groundwork or a knowledge in how branding works. And I think that's been really beneficial because I could create this sort of fun, you know, um, accessible, personable brand, you know, and I have a very strong, like, for example, I have a really strong tone of voice. But that's because I've, you know, I've written a lot of content in my career. So what I'm trying to say is I crafted something out of my brain because I've got the skills to do it. So if you're trying to think about how to bring your personality out, there are a few things to think about. The first thing is, what is your authentic voice? You know, who are you? Like, how do you speak? Are there any like 
funny words that you use like what are you, what is your lingo like how would you speak to your best friend like that's how you should be talking to your clients and no you're not being unprofessional if you swear or you're not being unprofessional if you call them love or babe or whatever I end up calling my clients they love it that's because they're also basically people like me who are not like you know we're not all uptight you know we're just selling to other people like us the other thing is to think about a consistent and appealing brand so I'm very big on this because I think it helps build trust and I really I have fun with it but you know keep everything the same like use the same color everywhere use the same photo everywhere like this is basic stuff but like some people just forget to do that like using the same photo everywhere you might think oh I've used that photo 10,000 times don't doesn't matter it's actually a good thing to do that yeah this is something I say a lot like you feel like you've used it 10,000 times someone else hasn't even noticed that they're just seeing yeah. the consistency and yeah. they're recognizing it's you exactly exactly so yeah consistency of brand and consistency of messaging yeah and just being very very authentic to what your values are as well. So my values for my business range from, you know, helping you create a sustainable feel-good business. So that's about embodying what you believe in. So think about what you really strongly believe in about business, about what you do and kind of bringing those two things together. And then think about what your ideal clients also value. And it's sort of bridging the gap between those two and then embodying those things in what you're putting out there so I I talk a lot about you know not working too hard taking rest you know scheduling rest not working yourself into the ground if I was doing that myself constantly then I wouldn't be embodying my values so I talk about how I'm taking rest how I am making sure I'm making time for myself how I don't work more than three days a week on my business because I don't want to because I have a child, a family, whatever. So yeah, I think that those are the things that have really helped me to be personable and and myself. And you just you just have to let go of all the shit you've ever learned really about who you should be online. As you said, you've got to throw away, rip up, burn that rule book and all those expectations and just be yourself. And it's a scary place to be. Because I think you have this idea that I have to be professional or like you said, like, oh, I can't swear online. But you can because that's how you're going to build those connections with people. I have this habit in my business where ultimately a lot of my clients, I end up being like turning them into like my best friends. So I think I got a new client and then within like a week of working with him, I was like, oh, if you're ever up north, you go for a swim together. And I just sent it and then I was like, oh. Wait, is that weird? Is it weird that I just invited my brand new client to go for a wild swim in a river with me? And then I was like, do you know what? Nah, that's fine. Because if he doesn't like that and he's going, oh, this is weird, he's not the client for me. Totally. <laughs> and that was kind of my approach. I was like, you know what? No. All my clients need to know that if we're going to work together, we need to gel as friends, as general human beings. We've got to have values that align. Because otherwise, it's not going to work and it's probably going to be sticking points and there'll be moments where you realize you hate the work that you're doing and it's because you're not staying true to who you are yeah and that that's why it's okay for not everyone to like what you do and for not everyone to be drawn to you and i i think we particularly i grew up in a an era where people were so obsessed with an image and so obsessed with being perfect this perfect size this perfect body this perfect person and um 
it's it's you know it's ingrained that we feel like we have to project this image and actually the vulnerable bit you talk about is where you let go of all of that and you say well this is me I mean if you don't like me if you don't like the fact that I'm not this perfect you know representation of whatever I whatever it's like a story you've told yourself like yeah. oh well, I need I can't show up online until I'm a stone lighter or I've you know I've I don't know. I don't want people to see my face because of X, Y, Z. Those are just reasons. They're just the fear of doing something new, just manifesting in your brain. And you need to shut that voice down. Absolutely. And I think with that as well, there's this whole obsession with being perfect or I can't do this until X, until Y, until Z. But the other side is also no one cares. Nobody cares about it as much as you do. If you show up online in your pajamas with your bed head no makeup on no one's going to bat an eyelid you care about that way more than the other person does that's the biggest the biggest thing is knowing that nobody really is taking much paying much attention which sounds um, mean isn't it like no one cares about you or your business but i mean there's comfort in that isn't there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean people are consuming a lot of content every day you know they're not they're not overanalyzing what you're wearing or what color, I don't know, whether you've got like a daggy top on or you haven't brushed your hair. Yeah, there's so much to it. And I think all the notions of how we think we should be running our business, they don't really apply. Like you've just got to connect with what makes you happy. And it's been great to kind of hear your journey and how you are shifting towards that place where you're going, you know what, I'm building something that I really enjoy and that I really like you said earlier you don't feel like you're working because you enjoy what you do so much yeah it's it's just it's it's just a, a feeling of ease and it's it's because I now I've pushed away all the things that I don't want to do and I've really leaned in sort of doubled down I suppose on the things I do and, you know, I've tried all the things I've tried, you know, having a membership, I've tried running a program, I've tried la like launching, like, no thanks. Like, I'm happy to run a program, but I'm not launching anything, you know, over and over and over again, ever again in my life. You know, I've, I've created, you know, little courses and little products and just played around with all sorts of shit to get to this point. And um, yeah, I'm still I'm still tweaking, you know, the, the process is never it's never complete. You know, you're always going to be evolving. And that's an important thing to remember, too. Yeah, for sure. There's so much value in that trial and error and getting comfortable with. And I'm going to say this in inverted commas, which no one's going to see, but getting comfortable with failing because you're not failing. You're just playing around, seeing what works, seeing what feels good and keeping the stuff you like and scrapping the stuff that you go no this doesn't serve me I don't want to do this in my business yeah exactly last year I was really set dead set on having a membership and you know set that up and ran it for nine months and last week I basically closed it down because it's not something I want to pursue you know I'm just not not interested and like it's okay like I had um denied for a few months about it and then when it came to it I just knew I had the confidence almost from closing down an agency of going do you know what if I close this down it's not really going to make that much difference like nobody's gonna I don't know be I don't know you have this the the, the worst thing the worst case scenario is like people are gonna think I'm such a bitch for like stopping it <laughs> and then it's just been so good to like free up that space because now I can do 
you know, other things that I'm, I'm much more aligned to where I want to take things. And it's all right. You know, you can close things down. You can shut things off. You can start new things. Yeah. I really hope this conversation gives people comfort in knowing that they can stop doing the things they don't want to do and they can lean into the things they love and their business will still survive. They will still have clients and maybe they might see a dip or there might be a transition period but they will get through it and they will be able to build a business they love and it be a viable career option for them. Absolutely. I love what you said about lean into what you love. Which Just is hard. <laughs> Just writing it down. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to turn it into a post-it note. I'm obsessed with post-it notes and like little mantras on them. So And content. Everything's content. <laughs> I know. God, it's annoying, isn't it? You're like, oh, there's a content idea at 11 p.m. Um, yeah. Playing in your brain and you least expect it. I mean, I was awake last night with my brain like going, oh, business idea. Oh, this offer and that. And I was like, stop. You have mm. time to think about this tomorrow now at 3 a.m is not the time <laughs> go yeah. to sleep yeah. <laughs> um so to kind of round things off and i'll let you get on your way a question that i've been asking people that's a bit of a fun one is you have a day off work so you have no obligations no plans you have a day of childcare. you don't even have to look after the kids five years old so you can manage yourself <laughs> what are you doing with your day off it's completely a seals day guilt-free well, first of all, I'm very pleased that it's a seals day because I was going to say, basically, I would just spend it by myself, which I'm very happy to do. Um, so I have really found that the, one of the most wonderful ways of spending the day with myself is to go to um, the spa. I love that. <laughs> um, I started doing this actually a couple of years ago. I treated myself to a spa day and I'm really lucky to live near um, one which is um just really it's a really big spa and it's really it's a really good you know like like it's a full day experience you don't just go in the steam room and this pool and then go right on board um and so I went there for the first time and I had a, a whole day to myself and it was just bliss I did a bit of kind of thinking and relaxing and you know indulgence it's like that perfect combination so yes my perfect day off work is being able to still think about work and write stuff down but then like read you know relax maybe get a treatment um eat some lovely food you know just just like be in my own mind rather than being somebody else you know having to talk to somebody else or having to do something for somebody else so spa days all the way that sounds amazing for two reasons one i go on holiday next month and i'm really looking forward to having that space physically mentally away from my laptop my laptop staying at home it's not coming with me and I'm looking forward to that space where I can think about work and have all these kind of big picture ideas mm. with no obligation and a spa day sounds amazing but also makes me feel guilty because in November 2020 I think it was 2020 I said to my friend for her birthday I would pay for us to go for a spa day and it is now January 2023 and we've still not managed to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> I am well overdue a spa day and I'm indebted to my friend who's also well overdue a spa day. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. We definitely. need to take your advice there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whether you go together or you go on your own. I mean, I like going on my own because I'm selfish and I really enjoy my own company and I don't get much time on my own. But even just going with a friend is just... Yeah, I actually went at the weekend because my sister bought me um, 
a spa day for my 40th and um it was it was bloody amazing it was just so nice so more of the same yeah spa days alone time and even friends who you can just be in comfort with in silence yeah those are good friends to have (laughs) yeah you don't want to go on a spa day with somebody who's like a talker yeah (laughs) somebody doesn't show up plugs in like (laughs) could could we just have a moment of quiet please (laughs) yeah (laughs) mid-massage thank you so much for coming on the podcast and chatting with me I hope you've enjoyed it before you go I know that when it comes to the value the experience and the support that you've got to offer you're overflowing with ways that you can help people so what are some of the ways that some other freelancers who need help getting out of their own head, figuring shit out, realigning their business with what makes them happy. What are some of the ways that those people can work with you? Okay, so at a very kind of entry level, we have the podcast, which is I've designed it to be very bingeable. All the episodes are quite short. The sort of beginning of the episodes sort of before this year are a bit some some of them uh, have guests and a bit longer but you'll find lots of bingeable free content on my podcast which is fiercely freelance the podcast found on all usual podcast uh, places and um yeah and that's that's kind of uh, the first port of call and then obviously instagram i do spend most of my time you know in business kind of marketing wise on instagram um, I have just fired up my email list so you can subscribe to my emails. I send out a weekly, it's called Note to Self. And it's, um, as I said before, I'm obsessed with post-it notes and I write lots of mantras and lessons and things on them. So I started doing that, which is quite fun. Again, completely, you know, um, just a, a free way to get a bit of a bit of insight from me. And then I have a few different ways you can work with me. So if you're interested in moving from hourly to uh, value-based pricing, I have a little workshop called Bye Bye Day Rates. And I also have a scoping workshop as well, which both of those are in my shop on my website, which is currently under construction, but probably should be ready in the next couple of weeks. But I ain't stressing about it. Um, And then finally, if you want to work one-on-one with me, I have a, uh, a fit, it's called the Fierce Hour, which is a deep dive 60 minute session, strategy session. I also offer a, it's called Chaos to Calm, which um, it's a, an intensive over a half day and it's designed to really help you get massive clarity on all those niggly things that you're like struggling with or just really want to sort out and I go really deep with my clients on whether they want to build out their offers or they want to sort out their capacity or they want to plan their time better or whatever it is we will work through that together on that intensive and then finally um, I am offering private mentoring for one client at a time um, as part of my offering this year as well so quite excited about that. That is exciting. Very exciting. And lots of different ways that people can get involved. Um, And I'm going to give a plus one for the Fiercely Freelance podcast, being bingeable. (laughs) I listened to it today um, whilst I was driving to Liverpool for a hospital appointment. I got in the car and I was like, do you know what? Like when I worked in a nine to five job, the commute to and from work was my podcast time. So knowing that I was going to be sat in the car for 45 minutes, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to stick some podcasts on. So I queued a few and really got into the zone where I could just think about things muse over stuff Mm. Um, so yeah it's definitely bingeable and lots of nuggets of wisdom in those little short snippets and as for the 
your half day. I know I've also got that bookmarked as one of my 2023 goals. I mean, I'm in awe of what you do. And I think you've really leaned into what you love and that shines through in everything that you're offering. And I think a lot of people can learn from being a little bit more seals. Thanks, babe. That's really <laughs> lovely. Well, it's been, this has been so fun. Thanks for having me. And um, I feel like it's just really nice to like pop this podcast cherry, as it were. Yeah, it's been great having you here and for being your first podcast interview. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or let me know on Instagram at Tasman Lofthouse. I'd love to hear from you and I will see you next time. Bye.